Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Ambody, with me, Sonny Ship. Sonny and I were talking before we got going on the Alabama LSU game preview pod, which will uh, be on your podcast pages first thing Friday morning, and hashing out kind of a lot of the recruiting news from this week on the LSU front. And we just said, you know what, <laughs> we've been talking about this now for about five minutes. Let's go ahead and cut a pod on LSU recruiting and some of the big news that's happened this week with the Tigers, because there's been enough of it. And I want to lead off with probably the biggest news of the week, which for LSU fans probably doesn't give you a warm and fuzzy feeling about Corey Foreman, the number one player in the country out of California who was supposed to come in for a final visit to check out the LSU-Alabama game. Our Greg Biggins was with Corey Foreman and his dad this week who confirmed the visit. Certainly uh, were excited about coming to LSU, and now he's not going to be in Baton Rouge for the game against Alabama. Clemson hosted him last weekend. Uh, USC is very, very much in the picture. Uh, Georgia, probably a little bit on, on life support, I would say, at this point with Corey Foreman. But for LSU, even though he can't talk to coaches, for him to not get in to see the LSU-Alabama game, even with the socially distanced Tiger Stadium, probably a little bit of a hit, uh, I would say, for their chances with Corey Foreman. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to say that uh, you know it's doom and gloom, like the uh, like so many of our subscribers on uh, you know on the, on our Death Valley board right now. But I think it is a uh, you know that it is something that it you definitely have to say. Okay, you know what's going on here? Is this related to the to the new restrictions? Uh, you know, out of LAX. Um, you know, someone made a, someone posted on the board that even residents arriving to LAX in California have to, uh, are required to self quarantine for 14 days now because COVID has just skyrocketed right there, you know? Um, and then I also feel like, and look, I'm not a COVID freak by any means. I mean, I wear my mask and stuff and I wash my hands and use sanitizer and stuff like that. But it doesn't stop me from going places. You know, it doesn't stop. It didn't stop us from getting together for Thanksgiving. It doesn't stop us from getting together to watch games and things like that. So, you know, but I could definitely see why, you know, some people would be hesitant about flying all the way across the country. I mean, I know I wouldn't right now, you know, and, and I'm not even a freak about it. But put all that aside. And, you know, now, now, now the task becomes, okay, is it, rela is it related more to that 
or is it related more to, uh, you know, to all of a, a sudden change of heart? Because like you said, the dad and Corey both spoke to Greg Biggins about how excited they were about coming back to Baton Rouge for the third time. Uh, you know, for me, what's a little more, what would, what would be a little more concerning is if, uh, four-star linebacker Rajon Davis, who has been committed to LSU for uh, oh man, for almost a year now, it seems. If he decides to put off signing early in the early signing period that starts uh, 13 days from today, if he puts that off until February, that would be you know to me that's a that's the flag that I'm kind of waiting to see right there to determine what color it is. Because uh, for me, that's going to be a little more telling because he and Davis have a good relationship. They would both be coming from California. And let's face it, families, parents are going to, you know, they're going to have a, they're going to have more questions in the current climate that we live in right now with COVID to send their kids all the way across the country to go to school. And so, you know, that's the correlation that I'm kind of, uh, that I'm kind of looking to looking to see, okay, you know, where, what's, where's the meat and what's the meat and potatoes here and being in that it's so fresh, you know, that's something we're digging on right now. But, um, you know, I know that once we, you know, once we can kind of get some things established and, and, and feel like we know, okay, we have a good handle on, on the whys, on the whys, as far as why they're not coming in, uh, I know we'll have another pod and we'll be talking about it on the board and stuff, but, um, you know, it definitely puts a little bit of a damper on the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing with Corey Foreman is this is one of those recruitments where you could kind of even maybe see some of this uncertainty coming this, this wild finish, this, this intrigue, but, for me, I think with him going to Clemson, randomly popping over there last weekend, uh, you know, certainly with the USC buzz that Greg Biggins was hearing about, even the Arizona State buzz, I don't necessarily think he ends up there. But with, with Arizona State even getting some buzz, that uh, certainly caught my eye. Like, why is this not a little bit more pronounced in terms of where it's going to, you know, maybe be trending? And that's where I think, anyone kind of thinking that you know Corey Foreman and Mason Smith being a lock together to play together was was a sure thing that that was something that I didn't ever see as a a lock by any means and so I think when you look at how this recruitment's gone it's kind of gone par for the course with this shakeup at the end with him backing out of his visit uh, to LSU for whatever reason and I, I think that'll be uh certainly uh, something that when you look back and if he does in fact not end up at LSU, which I don't think he does at this point, it's one of those things that you can just kind of point to and say, yep, that, that might've been a point. The bigger issue, like you kind of said, I would think uh, is Rajon Davis, the, the four-star linebacker out of modern day who, uh, you know, friends with Eli Ricks and his family been a long time LSU commit for him not to be signing early right now is the word that we're getting. That's a huge issue. And, you know, like you, like you said, whether it's, you know, he's not coming to LSU this weekend because, you know, worried about flying across the country for him not to want to sign early with LSU uh, that shares a lot in terms of uh, where things stand with him. They've got to buckle in, try to get him locked in again. 
with his commitment and try to get him to sign early because if he takes it to the spring, it's going to be, uh, again, kind of a chance to have another wild finish here. Yeah, I'm with you 100% on the wild finish. Uh, and also on, uh, you know, you make, you make a good point about – about Corey Foreman and, and, and his uh, and, and some of this family flying to Clemson uh, last weekend. And so, um, you know, that's the, um, you know, that, that is something that you definitely have to, uh, you know, take notice of as far as the, um, you know, as far as the willingness to, or the, the hesitation about flying across the country, they did it last week. So why the, wouldn't they do it again this week? Um, you know, but I, I'm, I'm with you, the Corey Foreman thing. I don't think anyone ever really considered him a lock, um, you know, to play with Mason Smith. I know I didn't, I know you didn't, I know Shay did, but we thought that, that, uh, you know, that the draw and the allure of playing together could be something that could favor LSU because we, uh, you know, we all still feel like Mason Smith ends up at LSU uh, as of this, as of right now. And with 13 days until the early signing period, everything has to be prefaced of as right now because things are, things are so fluid in a normal recruiting year. And this recruiting year has been anything but normal, but um, you know, the, for me, the telltale sign is going to be if Rajon Davis does not sign in the early signing period, and then you would still have about two weeks before Corey Foreman planned to announce his commitment, then that would be a big red flag for me for, uh, for both of those kids out of California. Yeah, and that uh, will certainly be something to monitor. I think also uh, as we look at some of the top targets on – on this board, on this board for LSU, uh, Tristan Lee has to be number one. And uh, even, even with Mason Smith being in Louisiana, I think Tristan Lee is your number one target. You need offensive line help, but Clemson and Oklahoma and Oklahoma is, is starting to kind of surge on the crystal ball a little bit there. There's been some confidence on LSU side, but again, that could be one where uh, LSU mo- one most certainly has to buckle in and try to land his uh, commitment because Things are certainly up in the air with some of their other offensive line uh, prospects like Savion Bird and Bryce Foster and some of the new offers that have gone out as of late. Yeah, and, you know, and and I also think that it's worth, uh, you know, that it's it's worth mentioning that I know you and Shay talked about it, that uh, Anthony Hundley decommitted um, earlier this week mutual parting of the ways. Uh, You know, LSU just has to free up some – has to free up some scholarship numbers. And, uh, you know, there's some talk about, uh, you know, Naquan Brown made a, uh, made a post on, on Twitter and, uh, you know, it didn't seem reinforcing <laughs> for his commitment to LSU. Uh, he even removed LSU commitment off of one of his, uh, social media channels from his bio. And, um, you know, for me, that's one that, you know, that's something that, um, that could be playing into this. You know, all of these guys are talking on social media, all these commitments, all these top targets. They've been talking for a while. And, um, you know, I think that you have to look at it and you say, okay, is is this tied into Rajon Davis now saying that I don't know if I'm going to sign until February? You know, I think that that's definitely something worth mentioning. And, um, you know, we're going to see – we're going to see – 
probably at least two more decommitments, I think, in this uh, in this 2021 class, just because of the, you know, of the numbers. And, and it's such a such an odd year. You know, for so long, LSU placed such an emphasis on getting kids to camp, getting those verified measurables, being able to work them out, being able to, uh, you know, being able to put them through combine testing, you know, the shuttle, the vert tests are vertical, they're 40. And um, not being able to do that this summer and then with most of the camps, uh, you know, the Nike, the opening regionals, the Under Armour camps, with most of those being put off and canceled too, they really weren't able to get that kind of verified data either. But every school across the, the uh, country is having to play by that same set of rules. But I think with LSU, who places such an emphasis on getting those kids to summer camp, I think it's probably been a little bit trickier in um, in, in in taking some commitments and then also managing the numbers. Completely agree with you on that. And the numbers crunch is going to be – uh, interesting for for LSU. That's where I think one, if you're LSU and the way things have gone on the field this year, you certainly need to hold some spots for. I'm not a huge fan on relying on JUCO guys to step in right away. They had a ton of success with Damian Lewis, obviously, but there's also been plenty where you can kind of point to and kind of say, okay, that didn't go as well uh, as you know we might have thought it would have uh, with a JUCO land. But what they can do is address things with the transfer portal which I think they're going to do. They're going to try to leave some spots open. And I would think on the offensive line is probably a spot where they can address with the transfer portal. And I think that is something to, to kind of hold on to. I mean, we saw LSU uh, address needs, you know, really with the transfer portal just about every year that it's been, you know, in effect, whether it's Cole Tracy, whether it's Joe Burrow, obviously. Uh, Jabril Cox came through, Liam Shanahan. So they have some options uh, in the transfer portal, I think, this year when that thing gets fired up and guys really start to uh, consider their options and where they want to finish out their college careers and things like that. But I think on the on the flip side of things, LSU does have a chance here uh, to, to make at least some positivity uh, to end this recruiting cycle. We talked about Mason Smith. Uh, there are there are players out there that LSU is certainly in the mix for. Demarius McGee, the corner out of Pensacola, is one that you know there's some confidence on uh, on LSU's side after he decommitted from Tennessee. Jordan Moko, uh, the junior college offensive tackle, they just offered. They're making some headway with. Uh, there's also the Florida State commit, uh, Kimo. Uh, his name is uh, escaped me on how to pronounce, pronounce it. it. I want to hear this. Kia Kia Makanole. I think I kind of <laughs> nailed that. I think I kind of nailed I always, that. I always just say, I'm not going to butcher this kid's name. Just Google <laughs> Florida State commits yeah. chemo. Yeah, <laughs> nice, seven. They'll nice, bring you to his profile. <laughs> Niceville offensive <laughs> lineman uh, who LSU's been pressing. Uh, and, and look, the great thing about him is if they get him, I'll get the pronunciation guide from LSU uh, on him. So uh, there is a, a little bit of a race here to the early signing period, trying to get these guys locked in. Uh, but there are certainly some targets still out there that that they can, at least for the future, address some needs and and kind of soften the blow on what looks like it could be a tough finish with some of those national guys they've been on for a while. Yeah, you know, you touched on something that you touched on something that I I, I get asked. We get asked this question all the time on the board, whether it's radio shows, podcasts, whatever. 
what does LSU have to do to, you know, how does LSU turn this season around into a positive? You know, how do they bounce back next year and, uh, you know, take advantage of the recruiting classes that, uh, you know, Ed Orgeron has reeled in his last two that have been top five. And this one that's top five right now. And I think the absolute, I think, I think two things are key. Well, actually I think three things are key. One is that they have to re-recruit, do everything that they can to try to get Austin Deculus, Liam Shanahan to take advantage of the NCAA rule to where they can, this year doesn't count towards their eligibility. That would mean both of those guys would be back next year. And they have to convince Ed Ingram that he needs another year in college to be the the uh, the highly drafted offensive lineman that we all thought he was going to be as a true freshman when he started 12 games uh, at guard for the Tigers. So I think that that is a key right there. They have to get they have to re-recruit those guys and get those guys to come back next year. And then in the transfer portal, I think they need to have address two areas. I think they need an offensive tackle, and I think they need a safety. For me, those are the two areas that I look at and that I say these are, without a doubt, the weak links this year. Because I think if you look in the secondary, safety play has been pretty atrocious. It's gotten better. It's gotten better the last couple of games, but it had been atrocious all season. Missed tackles, missed assignments, I mean, you name it. But – if they can shore up those two areas right there, then I think they have enough pieces in place to where if they can stay, if they can get healthy, if they can stay healthy, then I think what looks like it's going to be a losing season this year, that it should be an anomaly. It shouldn't be something that is going to, that we're going to see continue, you know, like you've seen some schools like Tennessee has had rough patches and it just went year after year after year Florida state. Um, even if you want to throw Texas into that group, I do think that LSU can bounce back and they can rebound quickly if they can address those two areas in the portal. Yeah. And the, those are two positions where I, I think you can find, you know, enough where, you can shore up those positions with difference makers. So we'll see how LSU attacks it. The roster management is is a whole nother podcast we could probably do one on uh, and, and kind of how they got to this point. Obviously, winning the national championship and having all the draft picks they had and guys leave early, that's one thing. But to get to this point of where the roster's at, not really good. They've got to hit on some targets that develop over time. They've got to hit on some high-end targets uh, as well to address just overall uh, talent. But for the most part, uh, LSU's just got to get this roster right on right back on track. Uh, that's the key to getting back into the race for SEC titles and uh, the SEC West and all of those things. Uh, we'll obviously see uh, that roster on display Saturday night. Uh, in Tiger Stadium as LSU takes on Alabama. But, uh, Sonny, uh, as as negative as this podcast kind of was, I, I think uh, there are some good pieces to this class. Uh, there are some positions that I do think they've addressed fairly well. I think the safety position is one of them. Uh, that is at least looking bright with the guys they've got in Sage Ryan, Derek Davis Jr., Matthew Langlois. Uh, those guys uh, certainly uh, bring some some edge to this group. And then also defensive end, I think they've, they've – upgraded that position as well so there are 
uh, some areas where they're doing a really good job. They've just got to close this class out in a positive way. You're coming off a national championship. You've got to take advantage of it on some level. Yeah, no doubt. And look, like you said, there's a lot of positives, man. You've got the number three class in the country right now in the 24-7 sports composite uh, team rankings. You, Like you said, you've addressed some areas that they really needed to address. You know, it's just about, you know, staying at that number three class, which would give Ed Orgeron three consecutive top five classes. Staying in that top five you know, is going to hinge on, you know, keeping a guy like Rajon Davis and then going out and then getting those difference makers like you talked about, getting those difference makers like uh, like Tristan Lee, getting those difference makers, you know, like Corey Foreman. Now, I don't think Corey Foreman is going to break this class by any means. I think LSU has already done what it needs to do at the defensive end position to address that. You know, switching from a 3-4 to a 4-3, you, you, you want different kind of defensive ends, and I think they've done a tremendous job with this class. I love Landon Jackson. I love Keanu Cote. I mean, uh, Savion, uh, Savion Jones out of St. James, you know, he's another one. I mean, you just go down the list, and, and I really like what they've done at that position. I really love what they've done at the wide receiver position. I like Corey Kiner as the only, you know, I don't think they need another running back. Um, not with how deep Louisiana is in the 2022 class. I like what they've done with safety. You know, you got the number one and number two safeties in the country. You've got Nathaniel Wiggins at cornerback. Uh, you know, you got Demarcus McGee out there. But when you look at, you know, when you look at the areas that we talked about, um, you know, that they really needed to hit it in the portal, you know, linebacker was an area that I didn't think that they really needed to hit in the portal because they're going to get all, all of them back next year from this year, minus Jabril Cox. But I thought that they've done it, you know, with Rajon Davis, with Greg Penn, I thought that they had done enough there. Um, you lose Davis, now all of a sudden it becomes, you know, uh, it's critical that you, have to address, that you have to address that spot. And by no means does that mean that, you know, Davis is gone, we should freak out about it. It just means that that's one that you circle and you say, okay, to maintain this ranking, to maintain meeting your needs at this position, this guy's very, very important. But, um, you know, like you said, there's a lot of positives. You got the number three class in the country. And so there's a lot that you have uh, to build off of. But, man, it's just those guys that are still out there, uh, they're just so critical like Tristan Lee. You know, that guy is just critical. Rajon Davis, he's critical. Hanging on to those safeties, that's critical. Hanging on to those wide receivers. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens over these, ne- over these next 13 days. Because there's, it's going to be a roller coaster ride. I mean, and hey, let's face it. Since LSU won the national championship, I mean, what a roller coaster ride it's been. Up, down, up, down, up, down. A lot more down. But then you hit the season. You lose one. You win one. Lose, win, lose, win, lose. See what happens this weekend. We certainly will, and we'll be back uh, with you guys Friday morning. First thing to preview the LSU Alabama game. So stay tuned for that podcast. Uh, This one, I hope you guys just kind of enjoyed hearing from us on the recruiting side of things, uh, having us talk it out. Sometimes it's 
it's a lot better than, than the message board where you kind of go back and forth. Sometimes uh, things might, you know, get, get lost in translation. You might miss a question, but uh, Sonny enjoyed uh, catching up on the recruiting side of things. We'll see how it ends up. Uh, early signing period is upon us. December 16th through the 18th, we'll be tracking it all on Go 24-7. Quick reminder, guys, to leave us a rating, subscribe, and review the podcast as well. And appreciate everybody who jumped on all the Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals for Go 24-7. Welcome to the site. Appreciate you guys being there as well. But with that, we're going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Try to enjoy the game as best you can. And uh, we'll be back again on Friday with the LSU Alabama Game Preview Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.